All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Top of the morning to you. Same to you. We started the show today with the decision yesterday by David Johnston. No public inquiry appointed Mm -hmm. by the prime minister to look into foreign interference in Canada's elections and public institutions. No public inquiry and the political fur flying over this now. Your thoughts? Well, I think Poliev is understandably taking the position. First of all, he's obviously upset that he wants a public inquiry. And Trudeau's invited the political leaders to look at these secret documents. And I don't blame Paul if to say, no, thank you. I'm not going to be part of that. Uh, he's disavowed any, um, attaching any credibility to the whole David Johnson process. He thinks he's too close to Trudeau. So he wasn't going to buy Johnson's recommendations from the get-go. But I think he's wisely avoiding this little trap Trudeau's set for him to come on into the tent and look at the secret documents. Now he can't talk about it anymore. Well, yeah, that's what I had Michael Barrett on this morning, who's the ethics critic for the Mm -hmm. conservatives, conservative MP. And he said the same thing. He said, look, if if Polyev was to agree to this and go into the secret briefing with David Johnston here and be showing these classified documents, he'd effectively be muzzled now. He wouldn't be allowed to talk about it. Yeah, so Johnson, I think, I think this whole process was flawed from the, from the very beginning. He's too close to Trudeau, former member of the Trudeau Foundation, as, as respectable of a person as David Johnson is, former governor general. You gotta have sort of more than an arm's length distance from the PMO on this. So I think this was flawed from the beginning. It's also interesting to see Jagmeet Singh's position. So he wants public inquiry and he says he's gonna have a meeting with Trudeau and he's gonna bring this up. But once again, uh, Trudeau's going to call Singh's bluff, and Singh holds the cards here. If he wants to play them, he can. He can pull the plug on supporting the Trudeau government in the House of Commons and join with the Conservatives in the bloc and perhaps come up with a non-confidence motion, but I don't think he's going to do that. So, again, a lot of bluster coming from the NDP on this, but I don't think they're going to follow through on it. Okay, let's listen to Singh on this point. So here's Jagmeet Singh, the federal NDP leader, reacting yesterday. I respect the work of Mr. Johnson, but I disagree strongly with his with his finding. A public inquiry is necessary to restore the confidence in our electoral system, to make sure we're showing Canadians that this is something we take seriously, and for people to have an opportunity to see and hear clearly about what's happening and what's being done to, to tackle foreign interference. Okay, so why doesn't he march into Trudeau's office then and say it's a public inquiry or else? Or else I pull the plug on your government. Let's go for an election here. Because I think he likes the fact that Trudeau government in bits and pieces do implement, does implement certain policies the NDP likes. And I don't think they want to run the risk of even a, a scintilla of possibility of Poliev forming government. That is, that is so far beyond the NDP pale. So again, he doesn't want an election. He doesn't want an election. I don't think the NDP is in shape to fight an election. I think they're in as good a spot as they can get. They're never going to get government status. The best they can hope for is to be a a junior partner in propping up a liberal government in power. So I think they're going to hang on to this arrangement as long as they can. Do you think Polyev would like to see an election triggered by this story? I think so. Uh, I think I think the Conservatives right now would like to are in a bit of fighting mode. And I think I think the Polyev problem is he doesn't want to peak too soon. And if the next election is still more than a year away, that's a long time for him to be in the public eye with the same negative persona, very aggressively negative, which can wear thin with voters over time. So I think it's in Poliev's interest to have an earlier vote, but he doesn't hold the cards here. Jagmeet Singh does, yeah. and he's not going to play him. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about this uh, emergency room doctor in Surrey yeah. who's speaking out. So his name is Dr. Urbane Ip. 
and he works at Surrey Memorial Hospital, and he spoke to Global News yesterday. Now, he's talking about the crisis situation at the hospital as he describes it. Listen to this story he told to Global yesterday about how they wanted to put a poster up in the emergency room just warning people that you're facing a long wait here. And listen to what happened to this poster. Here he is. We tried to design a sign, a poster on the, uh, to put in the, waiting, uh, in the waiting room to tell patient that we are having resource problems. So today we might be, uh, there might be delays seeing you. But if you have a heart attack, if you have a really critical illness, we'll see you first. But those minor things, you might have to have a long delay. Fraser Health, they didn't want us to put that on. They pulled that poster down. Razor Health pulled the poster down. Yeah, so us. this is consumer-friendly information. You yeah. know, if I go in an ER, I'd like to know what the wait time is, what the priority status is, what the triage is is going to be. But Fraser Health again, exerting some of this control um, mentality that comes from health authorities, and this is where I think you get. I don't think there's a there's not a gag order in place for doctors as as this evidence. He actually spoke up. He was on NWS today. He's on he's on uh, Global. He's going to be in other media outlets today. So there's no gag order. But there is this controlling mentality of health authorities that they control the messaging. Yeah. They control the the communications. And people are, should not be speaking out of turn. So doctors can speak all they want. But it's interesting and telling that this one small little thing where they just wanted to put a sign up to sh- tell people what's going on in the ER was not sanctioned by Fraser Health, and therefore they took him down. Maybe Fraser Health doesn't want people to know how bad it is out there. Yeah, I mean, but again, this is user-friendly information. Oh, yeah. um, and we have to, I've been to emergency wards over the years, and I've been told, yeah, you're going to have a long wait here. Yeah. Um, and that's just verbal advice coming from the, the, the nurse. And sometimes people go home, by the way, like if they show up at the emergency room and they're told, look, you've got a long wait. We, we have to triage people if you have a minor ailment. I remember, some people might decide just to turn around and go home at that point. And I've been in that situation. I remember yeah. being in Kelowna a few years ago, wrenched my neck on with some baggage, ended up in terrible pain, going to Kelowna uh, General Hospital on a Saturday night. <laughs> it was very telling going in. And I say, oh, there's like 10 people. Oh, okay, I'll wait a bit here. But I discovered, well, that was the outer waiting room. You go into the inner waiting room, it was like an auditorium. Oh, no. It was like 35 <laughs> people in there. <laughs> That's when I decided, you know what, I think I'll go back to my hotel room. Yeah. You know, I don't think I have to sit through a 35-person wait. Maybe just go get some ice at yeah, the hotel exactly. and put it on your neck instead. Yeah, so, so it might, you yeah. know, why deprive people of information yeah. in a situation like that? I think the doctor's got a good case here. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's kind of control freak mentality yeah. there that we don't want the public to know how, how bad this is. So it's interesting to see a, a doctor there at Surrey Memorial speaking up good for him let's talk about ron DeSantis, the yes. governor of florida uh set to announce the worst kept secret in american politics he's running for president apparently so he's going to run for the republican he's, nomination. he's announcing it in a very unique fashion yeah he's doing it in a, in a twitter live meeting with elon musk yeah wow this is that's got to be a historical first yeah um you know his his so-called launch and pre-launch has been you know he's been beset with pratfalls and errors and criticism coming from uh, his own party. Donald Trump is wading into him with both feet on a daily basis. So I'm not sure he's going to be able to defeat Donald Trump, but it's going to be a lively uh, nomination. He and Trump used to be pals. Trump endorsed him for governor. I'm not sure uh, if anybody... No, Trump is 
sort of distanced himself from so many people who've been close to him over the years. I mean, yeah. whether it's Mike Pence or DeSantis or uh, Steve Bannon, and just on the, the list is long of people that Trump has abandoned. Okay, let's listen to this report. from This is from NBC News here. Now, you're going to hear Twitter owner Elon Musk talking about how he's doing this event with Ron DeSantis here, this big announcement coming today. And then you'll hear DeSantis himself here taking a taking a crack at Trump. Doesn't mention Trump by name, but you know how he's talking about here. Let's listen. He has quite an announcement to make. Um, and will be, will be the first time that something like this is happening on social media. DeSantis, who once embraced Trump, has begun to fire back, but without naming him, appearing to blame him for recent election losses. We must reject the culture of losing that has infected our party in recent years. Okay, I think it's a pretty good argument for him to make, actually, that Trump can't win. Yep. So, But, you know, Trump's got that pretty solid core in that party. Mm. And, again, this is all about the nomination process, the delegates. Who's going to control the delegates? And, you know, I think the argument made Trump maybe unelectable, but maybe he is electable. And I think um, it's going to be a lively debate within that party. You are seeing signs of a number of Republicans have departed from Trump who supported him last time. But is that enough to deny DeSantis the nomination? We don't know. And as for DeSantis today announcing his his bid with Elon Musk in this Twitter meetup, I I think find that kind of a strange strategy. I mean, maybe he's appealing to the Republican base who like Musk and trying to get some of the. I'm not sure a lot of Republicans know who Musk even is. You know, not everyone's on Twitter. Twitter is a very small portion of the population, and for him to take this very narrowly defined social media approach. It's just, it's not TikTok, oh. you know, it's not Instagram, it's Twitter. That's not the big player. And it's a, it's a curious strategy by him. All right, Keith Baldry, Baldry's Beat. I have open phone lines right now. If you phone now, you're getting through. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Peter in Poco. Hey, Peter, go ahead. Oh, hi. Good morning, Mike. Loves your show. I'm a long-time listener. Thank yeah, you. it's about um, DeSantos. Oh, my God. I hope and just I'll pray <laughs> that he beats out Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump has hurt a lot of people, and I'm really disappointed, actually, in the amount of people in the States that follow him and support him. And what are they thinking? That's mm-hmm. about all I can say about that one. Hey, Peter, thank you for the call. Well, they, you know, the States is basically... Two solitudes, and you've got the Republican Democrats, and a lot of Republicans will back their candidate no matter who it is. There are a number of Democrats, and you see a lot of analysis of this in American media, who are hoping Trump wins the nomination. They think he's more beatable than DeSantis. DeSantis sure. may uh, have a more of a chance of Republicans coalescing around his leadership than sure. Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump has alienated a lot of people on the Republican side. He's got a lot of enemies on the Republican side, who aren't going to come out for him. So is he more beatable than DeSantis? DeSantis is basically an unknown quantity. But if he's a Republican standard bearer with no baggage, other than his time as as a Florida state governor, um, he's got a cleaner slate than Donald Trump does. So Democrats are hoping, a lot of Democrats are hoping Trump beats DeSantis. Oh, sure. I'm sure Joe Biden and the other sort of principal string pullers there in, in the Democrats would love to, they want Trump to win. Mm-hmm. They, they beat him once. Beat, yep. Biden beat him last time, so why not run against beat him? Beat him handily. And yeah, they'd they much think, rather run against him than They can DeSantis. do it again. So, sure. uh, yeah, DeSantis has got more, I think Democrats a little more worried than Trump does. 
Okay, call me on these uh, the hospital uh, situation at Surrey Memorial, will you? If you've been to a hospital recently, did you spend a well, long you, time you, in an emergency you, ward? You and I were talking off air. We've yeah. been covering healthcare for years. Yeah, we were doing hallway medicine stories in the nineties, the two thousand tens. This is not a new situation, but I think what's happened is our population has exploded so much in recent times, particularly in Surrey, that the pressure on the system is probably greater than it's been than ever before. We're performing more surgeries than ever. Uh, I get the daily, um, almost daily uh, number of patients in uh, occupying beds. We're at very high levels, and we've been at very high levels of bed occup- uh, occupation numbers for quite some time uh, through the pandemic. So we've got like 9,500 beds plus some surge beds, and they're almost uh, entirely full. Yeah, I mean, I had a call on the open line the other day from a, a woman who phoned and said, I'm a retired doctor. And when I was practicing, this kind of stuff was happening when I was a doctor, like 20 years ago, that people were being kept on stretchers in a hallway because well, I was we didn't a, have any beds. So, I was a weekend warrior touch football player and hyperextended my knee about 15 years ago. I ended up being in, on a bed for four hours in a broom closet at Victoria General Hospital. So this is not new. Yeah. But I think what's happening now, maybe it's more of a sustained situation rather than yeah. just a one-off. Yeah, the thing is, like, I listened carefully to what the doctor was saying there who was speaking out at Surrey Memorial, and he was talking about delays. And mm. like he said, if I send someone over for admission to this to a hospital, they could be waiting two days before they're admitted. So maybe they're on a stretcher mm-hmm. in the hallway for two days. And that's I'm a, like, okay. Yeah, no, that's not obviously a desirable situation. But are people getting poor treatment, though? I mean, are they? this is the thing. Like that's he's saying, this is a crisis. Yeah, it's one thing yeah. to wait on a bed in a hallway when you've got a minor injury. It's another thing oh, yeah. if you've got a very serious injury in need of treatment. If you're being delayed, that is... I think maybe maybe the more serious thing are the wait lists that we're seeing for cancer care and, and some other treatment mm-hmm. and to the extent that we have to send people out of the province for care, out of the country, send them to Washington State. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's arguably... Even again, bigger. I don't want to speak to the doctor, but maybe that's a more serious situation yeah. than what we're maybe, seeing in ERs. Maybe, maybe. Let's go to Vents... On the North Shore. Hi, go ahead. Venice. Venice, sorry, go ahead. It's all right. (laughs) I just wanted to commend the doctor who did speak out, the Surrey doctor, and I really feel badly that I don't know his name, Um, but he was very courageous. There can be a lot of pushback for doctors and people in the health authority to speak out freely, and um, I hope other physicians can follow his example. I mean, the more we know, the more we can fix. Um, But I I really wanted to commend his courageousness. His name is Doctor. His name is Doctor Urbane Ip. Is his well, we've seen we've seen doctors over the years speak out. I mean, we used to have a doctor, Victoria General here, um, uh, Royal Jubilee, used to be a, a regular uh, commentator. We've got Ke- sure. Doctor Kevin McLeod comes on all the time. Comes on all the time. Chris, yeah. Chris. Um, also, his colleague at Lionsgate comes on all the time. Dr. Chris Hogue. Chris Hogue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, doctors should be free to speak their mind, and it's Absolutely. encouraging to see them do so. Yeah. Absolutely. And plus, Doctors of BC is a very proactive organization on behalf of their members, are constantly in the media. So, yeah, doctors speak their minds as they should.